Hello there, EKN Nation. Welcome to another edition of the Debrief, episode number 58 here on the EKN Radio Network. It's Tuesday, October the 22nd. Uh, my name's Rob Howden, joined by David Cole. And a little over two weeks uh, off from the event that we'll be talking about today. It was a bit of a whirlwind, the, uh, the weeks we had when we came back. So it's been a little while getting this particular debrief done. But it's time to review the Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals 3, the major event that took place at Newcastle Motorsports Park on the October 4th, 5th, 6th weekend. Uh, tremendous turnout. We'll talk more about that. David Cole and I, of course, will break down. Uh, we'll go through the paddock pass. We'll talk race report. Just a lot of great stuff. We'll start with the overview. But first and foremost, not surprising, folks, this week's show presented by Briggs and Stratton, Briggs Racing. Briggs & Stratton is powering Operation Grassroots around the world. No other engine manufacturer is getting new and returning drivers to the, the kart track like the Briggs 206. The out-of-the-box performance provides the most fun, excitement, and reliability of any karting engine on the global market. Learn more about the 206 engine and the history behind Briggs & Stratton's century-long commitment to motorsports at www.briggsracing.com. Briggs & Stratton Racing, what powers you? Well, David, I know it powered you and I uh, at the uh, Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals. You and I uh, missed the first week year, couldn't make the second year because of a conflict with the streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. The race then moved to October. And, dude, you and I went down there with the helmets, which was uh, which is the way we like any kind of race weekend. Yeah, yes, that is correct. That's basically, <laughs> uh, you know, how we got involved in the sport is being drivers ourselves. It wasn't... Uh, yeah. You know, we were journalists, journalism students looking to get into the sport. No, uh, it's 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 a love for driving and a love for racing. Yeah, no doubt about that. Luckily, in, in my world, I was you know a racing guy, like you said, and, and I, I actually was a journalist and I found karting. You, on the other hand, you were just a racer, and that was awesome. We were uh, obviously connected with you, and you were working uh, in the 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 Michigan Car Club scene and, and uh, helped us out with Shifter Car Illustrated covering uh, uh, road racing for us in the Midwest, which was great. But no, this was an opportunity for us to get out racing. And I think, David, for so many other people, we'll jump into the overview of the event. Uh, great numbers, as we said, over 280 drivers. But the bottom line is you and I were really just kind of part of this huge community that came out to this event. The growth of the event, you know, attracted you and I both saying, hey, we want to be part of this this next year and that was i think the same for so many people right they just numbers breed numbers like we talked about but this thing just started having this kind of momentum all to itself and uh, and this year of course was massive the, the paddock was fantastic newcastle rolling out the red carpet and it was just a badass event i loved it well and and what brings it all together is the fact that everybody is on the same briggs and stratton 206 power plant that is made yeah. right here in the united states and that that's kind of what what you know, is, is so unique about this because nowhere else do you see an event with the same engine in 280 entries. No, yeah. no, no event around the world. Uh, even, you know, you look at, at what's going on right now, road tax, they have different engines for the different categories. Um, you have, you know, IAMI, different engines for the different categories, uh, rock different engines for different categories, Briggs and Stratton. It's the same engine from kid carts all the way up to masters. And that's and that's what's provided the, the stability, right? The foundation, the fact that yeah, you're a junior driver, you got an engine, you're moving to senior, you're just changing the slide. It's just that's the beauty of this program, and that's why we keep saying it. It's press the reset button on karting, 
lots of discussion, David, that you and I have had about how to grow carding itself. And yeah, you know, carding solid, there's some great big numbers at the very top pointy part of the pyramid, uh, which is really only really represents about 5% of the carding population up, up top there. It's that foundation. It's the, it's the grassroots club level racing that Briggs has really brought back to life in so many different areas at so many different car tracks and clubs. And then for this particular event, you know, there's other events, big, big events that people go to, to run 206. There's no doubt about that. Battle of the Brickyard is big. Lots of 206 drivers. Same goes for Quincy. Same goes for Rock Island. Other events around the, uh, around the country as well. But this one, like, I think we, we used the, word, the term U.S. Open. You called it the like essentially the SCCA runoffs of uh, of club level carding. It was just for, for me to see it happen, to see people come out there and, and David, just to see the atmosphere in, at the track itself. That's what I think really hit home for me. Well, I think I've only been to the runoffs, what, maybe tw- twice, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think they were both at, uh, at Heartland Park. And but there you, you 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 even now you go through the the entry list and the results and you see all these different states so you see all these different drivers from all these different regions coming together for a week long celebration and just and really the on track thing like they're on track like less than 2 hours for a whole week and it's not it's so it's just it's really more about just coming together and and that's what this kind of is too because it's it's drivers from all different areas different corners you have grassroots racers. You have racers who just started racing this year. You have drivers who have been racing for 30 to 40 years that are all racing at this event. So that's that's what makes it kind of that grassroots feel. Yeah, and, and I think the, the great thing, too, was, you know, David, you you spend a lot of time, probably, I don't want to say more than anybody, more than any journalist, obviously, but, uh, you know, more than a lot of people, you spend a lot of time at Newcastle Motorsports Park at different events, whether it's a Scooza race, USPKS, WKA, you're there for a bunch of different races and the atmosphere, this particular event, the cup carts, North America, grand nationals, it wasn't the huge toter homes and big trailers and big tents. It was pop-up easy ups guys out of the back of pickup trucks. We saw people that didn't even have cart stands that were there racing as well. And you know, there was old machinery. There was new machinery. There was just so many different, you know, domestic manufacturers, uh, you know, Italian manufacturers. It was just one of those weekends where it really was that grassroots, Real pure level of carding, I think, you know, people just out there to have a good time. And the, and again, it boils down to the engine because there's one sportsman class. So all the cadet racers are in that category. You're not split up by yeah. different engine types. Uh, one kid car category, one junior category, um, you know, and then, then we kind of get split up because there's just so many senior racers, which is the complete opposite of what national level racing is right now. Because the the junior and cadet categories outnumber the senior categories by a lot, and that's the complete opposite of what we see here at the uh, Cup Carts Grand Nationals. Let's throw an overview on the event a little bit, David. Number one, uh, a bigger contingent coming down from Canada this year, and I would expect even more. There was a number of drivers that came down in. 2018. I think you're going to see a lot more in 2020. So really racers from essentially all over North America and I'm not sure we had any Mexicans. So maybe just us and Canada, um, perfect weather on Friday and Saturday, that hot streak that we had through that, uh, you know, the Indian, Indian area laid off a little bit. So it wasn't the high nineties, mid nineties. We had beautiful high sixties and seventies, uh, rain did hit on Saturday night. And, uh, again, for the heat races in the beginning of the main events on Sunday, that just kind of threw another, I think, another little wrinkle into the weekend, uh, challenging people to, to show what they could do in the in the uh, in the wet as well. I thought the weather itself was a pretty good cross section. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, and I was really happy to see more warm weather than I did see cold weather because it just, <laughs> you. you know, it's not bad when you're when you're working event and and I'm running around taking photos and doing this and that. I don't really feel the weather, the coldness. But uh, as a racer, you know, you don't want to sit around in the wet. You don't want to sit around in the cold. And that's kind of what we were doing. And so I was glad it was hot. You know, you had to find some shade a little bit uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, but overall, yeah, the weather and and really the thing coming into the weekend was we knew rain was going to come. It was a matter of when. And, and I was yeah. I was happy to see it come just for our main event because we were able to get at least for us, both of our heat race or all three of our heat races in before the weather came. So that was that was it was perfect timing. Just things didn't go exactly our way. Let's talk a bit about the numbers, David, because record turnout for the third edition of this race, uh, almost 50 percent growth from last year. They had 191 entries last year, 281 official entries you have down here on our notes. Uh, it's essentially I don't want to say growth across the board because it's kind of speaking a little bit to the transition that we're seeing right now in the in the Briggs 206 and four cycle racing. Uh, you know, uh, up eight uh, drivers in kid cart, up seven drivers in sportsman, up seven in the masters category from 34 to 41, moving to the straight CIK bodywork class. CIK heavy was the addition uh, because CIK medium was so massive. Uh, up 24 drivers from 47 to 71 drivers in CIK medium for this edition of the Grand Nationals. They added the CIK heavy class for drivers who potentially wanted uh, more seat time. They ended up with 41 in that category, new for 2019. But David, the, the, where there was a little bit of drop-off was in the senior open medium and senior open heavy. Essentially, the bodywork classes were seeing those numbers slide back. Not horribly, still 18 in medium, 12 drivers running heavy as well. But that's where we saw a little bit of the slide in terms of just the way I think four-cycle racing is going right now. That's the direction. Well, it's what we I kind of predicted back in 2016 was, you know, we saw it all in the West Coast. There's nothing there's there's no racing with bot, the the slash gold cup bodywork anymore. Yeah. Uh, yep. You know, it was it was a popular thing for a while, but now it's it's gone away. And so carts are more readily available with CIK bodywork on it. And it makes and, and people are let's face it. People are lazy. They don't want to deal with putting on this massive uh, what's, what's the word you use it for? What do you call it? I call it a cow catcher. Yeah, exactly. They don't, <laughs> they don't want to deal the hassle of putting that on and off just for one or two events of the year. So we're seeing, we're seeing it more across the board, as you said, with clubs and series, not actually using, uh, the gold cup by to work anymore. Um, it's still popular in the, in the kid cart sportsman and junior categories. And really it's just that nose, and it's just, it's, you know, there's still that safety aspect. People think they're safer with it on, uh, which is, you know, if it gives you that warm, fuzzy feeling, that's fine. But we, as we saw, you know, good drivers are going to overcome that. Uh, and even at a track like Newcastle, people have talked about, well, it, it, it's so much faster. Uh, CIK bodywork carts were beating big nose carts. So uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that uh, is a proof anymore or not. So. You still, you still got to roll corner speed. <laughs> you still got to roll corner, and especially, especially at Newcastle, yeah. uh, and especially in a Briggs category. Uh, so, um, yeah, but uh, so we'll see. You know, um, 
Cup Carts North America is, is, is still putting their planning stages into uh, for 2020. So we'll see what uh, what happens with that. I still pers- I still see at least one of those categories still available, if not both, for 2020. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I agree with you. There's still going to be enough people that want to come out and play, especially if you can get a half do- or a dozen or so drivers. If you have just the one, and we can still get to 18 to 20, probably still see that. But again, uh, big growth: 191 drivers in or entries in 2018. Uh, 281 drivers slash entries in 2019. And this isn't one of these races, folks, where it's it's 281 drivers or entries because there was 140 each day. This is 281. Yeah, there was a lot of crossover, but it, it wasn't you know half and half. Most of the drivers, in, or I would say a majority of the drivers in Masters probably ran just Masters. So the bottom line is there was just a lot of drivers at Newcastle Motorsports Park. I think 300 for next year is a given. David, potentially 350. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think when you look at this year's numbers, it was about probably at least 250 drivers um, because guys did do heavy and medium. So, yep. uh, yeah, I I think 300 is 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 the minimum goal that you want to reach, um, and I think 350 total entries is probably the next the next plateau that you want to that you want to take the event to. And to be honest, David, you know, I know we'll jump into this later, but for the organization, I think they'd be happy with 300 because it's nice. You know, this was a big jump for them. This is we're talking what 90 more drivers than last year, and I thought they did a great job. You know, you could with that kind of growth, you know, the CKNA guys could easily have struggled a little bit. You know, getting that kind of a, a wave that they've never had to deal with that many entries, that many drivers. I thought it was super easy. Registration was super easy. Everything. It seemed like everything essentially ran off like clockwork to me. You know, it, we were off, we were behind schedule at one point because of the rain. Then we got back on schedule. We had, you know, we were waiting. Our Masters guys were waiting to go, right? We were sitting on the grid, right, right on the, the time clock. I thought they did a great job. And if they go to 300 next year or 320, I don't think they're going to be sad whatsoever. Get some stability in there and, and be able to improve the program even more, right? No, more entries means the uh, the ability to bring in more workers. Uh, you know, with when you have more income coming in, you have the ability to go out and get more workers that are able to take care of the things you might need to take care of with the uh, added number of trailers, haulers, entries, all that, all that stuff. True, true. You're right. Uh, folks, there you go. There's our start here. We have just given you essentially our overview of the Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals at Newcastle Motorsports Park. October 4th, 5th, and 6th was the date. Make sure you lock it in for 2020. It's going to be a lot of fun. When we get back after this commercial break, we'll jump into the paddock pass. David and I will talk more about some of the stuff that happened not on the racetrack, but more in, in the paddock and around the, uh, the community as well. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at franklincart.com where all of our products are just a mouse click away and we ship daily. We're constantly adding new products to our online store, so keep checking back. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, and of course, our championship-winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find Molecule cleaning products, minus 273 racing gloves, Micron gauges and components, and both MG and Bridgestone tires. If you're ready to take your racing to the next level, come and join us at Team FMS. 
we've been supplying racers with start-to-finish support at race events for many years. From providing a helping hand on weekday test outing or at a club event to full arrive-and-drive packages at the highest level of karting competition. For 2019, we'll be attending the Superkart USA Winter Series, WK Manufacturers Cup, United States Pro Kart Series, and the Route 66 Kart Racing Series. And we'd love to have you under our tent at Merlin Nation. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. The news hit the street in August, and people have been talking about it ever since. Yes, the Lockhart Grand Prix is back for 2020. Staged on the streets of the barbecue capital of Texas, the Lockhart Grand Prix is back and will be promoted and managed by Gina and Mark French of P1 Promotions, longtime karting industry members. The race is set for May 16th and 17th, and you're not going to want to miss it. The atmosphere in Lockhart is incredible, and after the exciting events we had earlier in the decade, it's time to restart this race and turn it into a Texas tradition. More information will be coming soon, but look for the class structure to include shifters, tag, tag 100cc, and Briggs 206. So save the date, May 16 and 17, Lockhart, Texas, the barbecue capital of Texas and the home of the Lockhart Grand Prix. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode number 58 of the EKN Debrief. It's October the 22nd right now, Tuesday. David Cole and I providing our breakdown, the debrief of this year's Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals. We'll jump into the Paddock Pass right now, brought to you by Margay. Are you interested in running a cart at one of the biggest karting events in 2020? Do you want to be part of the fastest growing series in the sport? If so, check out Margay Racing Spec Ignite class and their arrive and drive packages. Next year's events include the Scusa Winter Series in Homestead, Florida in January and February, the, Quincy, uh, the Grand Prix of Quincy in June, the USAC Karting Battle of the Brickyard in July, and the Rock Island Grand Prix on Labor Day weekend. For more information, please visit ignitekarting.com today. Folks, get off the couch and into a race seat in 2020. All right, David, lots going on. Do you want to talk uh, track configuration first? Well, yeah, because this is one thing that I've never seen or I've never seen personally. You've never seen personally was no. the track layout that we utilize. It was uh, configuration 43, which is mostly the national layout that everybody's very familiar with. However, you come out of the scoreboard corner and you go into the Monza and then you go through the Monza and then you use the short cutoff. So you it bypass the uh, I-70 uh corner that uh, is very popular and famous on the last lap uh, situations so uh yeah it was it was really cool to uh, to be on it it was the same configuration as last year so a lot of the racers that were there last year had their notes to go off for this year uh however we saw track track time or lap times get uh, a lot lower uh, a lot quicker this year compared to last year uh, not sure if it was just the, the way the, the tires, the, the amount of rubber that got laid down or, uh, the tire, um, quality, uh, I believe it's the same tire, nothing really changed there or just, uh, overall, uh, things got quicker, but, uh, that was uh, a unique, uh, a unique, uh, configuration to drive. I really, my favorite was coming onto the straightaway, even though I, Me I sucked at it a lot of times. <laughs> It was just too. that, you know, that down and up type feel because elevation change really, it, uh, it, it makes for, you know, it makes for a fun lap. 
I thought the whole last complex was great, David. Like, with the, you know, the turn after the scoreboard corner, the right turn into the Monza, carrying the speed through the Monza, getting out there back, you know, how are you going to set up for the next corner? And then you said down into that last double left. That was fun. I thought it was a, it was a really fun corner, especially in the 206, just trying to maintain the speed, make sure the car wasn't sliding too much. It was fun. I just, I really, really liked the layout. I thought it was a lot of fun to drive. Yeah, and and the one thing they also changed was uh, the the heat race formats. Um, three heat races were given for all categories, uh, except it was progressive heats. So it meant where you started, where you finish the last one, is where you start the next. Um, so we saw some guys that you know DNF'd in heat one; they had to start in the back for heat two. Uh, it was the same format for even though for the CIK medium categories that had the A versus B versus C versus D type flights. Um, they're, they were, they were still based on the previous race. So, so that kind of shook things up a little bit and made things differently. And then of course you tell, you tell, you total up all the, uh, the heat points to set the grids for the main event, which, um, you know, that's your typical way. So we'll see how the format changes, say if entry numbers do get up to that 350 mark, because I think categories such as sportsmen and junior are going to have to maybe go to that A, B, C, D, uh, format the heat race for yeah the group the group format interesting for sure um one of the great things david of course it over thirty thousand dollars in prizes handed out over the weekend all the series sponsors in attendance for the event it just if you were involved if you were a sponsor you were there you know it's the 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 backing for this program is the people that actually are there in the program running it all to hand out thirty thousand like Dave, we walked into the into the racers grill there, you know, the, the the pro shop and everything at Newcastle Motorsports Park, and it was packed. There was coolers. Obviously, there was all the trophies, but coolers, easy ups, power washers, generators. It was nuts how much stuff they gave away. Toolboxes. Uh toolboxes, all the champions right. from their uh yeah, they were putting toolboxes together. Yeah. <laughs> right? They were putting them together when we were going Exactly. There. Yeah. It and the the I mean, we, we're seeing that more and more now uh, with uh, series because they want to give back to racers because if racers get a little bit of something back, it, it entices them to come back the next year. So obviously, prizes are a big factor in customer relations, if you want to look at it that way, for a lot yeah. of events yep. and, and series. But I think I, that that the one thing that really stood out to me, and, and Greg said that in the driver's meeting, was all the series sponsors who put any either donated stuff or provided uh, money to the series, they were all in attendance, which is really odd. And and you don't really see that all the time, especially when you're talking probably 20 to 30 different companies that did put something into not only the series that they run uh, all season long, but for the, the Grand Nationals itself, which, you know, that's just that's just phenomenal. And that just shows that the industry is also behind this event as well. So it's not just the racers. It's not just teams. It's the actual industry that's behind this. Let's talk about uh, one of the guys that actually won something as well. The, the Burrell art that I drove all weekend long from PSL karting. Uh, they worked with the guys, Greg Jasperson and Steve Vermeer from cup carts, North America. They put my cart essentially on a raffle. So I, I'm sure that PSL would ever cut the deal for how much they were going to buy the cart for. I want to say it was 25 bucks a ticket or 30 bucks a ticket and four for 25, something like that. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. It was $30, $30 a ticket and four for 100 Four for 100 so I meant, sorry. There you go. 25 yeah. bucks a piece. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate that, Dave. Yeah. Um, so, of course, at the end of the day, up in the tower after we were done announcing, we, I, I pulled a number out, and it ended up that Griffin Kimbrell was the uh, the family. He and his family won the cart. Uh, the, the, the PSL Burrell Art came over and, and picked it up right there. Got a chance to talk to Dominic Lebrec and Stefan, and we chatted about the, the card itself. And it was just one of those feel-good stories because I want to say he's moving up to senior or something like that, and they weren't sure what they were going to do to get him a new card. Right? They don't have a, a huge carding budget, uh, but they were able to. I think they bought. I think they bought one hundred and twenty-five bucks for the tickets, and walked away uh, with a brand new go kart, which I thought was fantastic. Well, one one race old. Right? <laughs> and it wasn't wrecked so that was good that, no, that was good by you you you, you know the decals off it a couple of times there were, yeah there were no walls for you to hit so that was great uh whoa, whoa, whoa me to hit i don't i'm not the wall hitter i was just saying there were no walls for you to hit i mean you, you could yeah, have sure. hit them a couple of times sure. probably but no you didn't uh <laughs> you're the you're the wall hitter yeah so it was cool though and, that was really cool but the best part was they're bears fans so that's that's what the best part <laughs> All right. Well, I can, I can, I can respect that you would like that they're Bears fans. It was, it was just cool to have them come over, and it just, you know, it was. You never know who's going to win, right? It's a blind draw. You put your, hit in the, your thing in the hat and, and pull it out, and you, you hope it's somebody who really, really could use it. And uh, it's cool to see that Griffin won that. I know his family is pretty stoked. I think his sister races as well too. She's got to get a new car too. So it's, uh, it was awesome. So Griffin, uh, Griffin Kimbrell, the winner of the PSL Carding Burrell Art Draw. Uh, speaking of teams that were there, David PSL, of course, there in a big way, the Burrell guys had a really good run with prime power team as well. And, uh, I think it's QC three. Is that right? The team from, uh, that, that was works with PSL as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, uh, I think that's what it is. Um, regardless, a lot of Burrells on hand, but dude, a lot of different chassis manufacturers on hand as well. Yeah. And, and all United States based, uh, oh, yeah. you got to begin with Margay. Uh, Margay is probably the most m- notable, uh, United States manufacturer. You go, you talk about Comet, the Comet Eagle chassis, uh, being at the home track for Comet cart sales and, and Comet racing engines. You saw a number of Comet Eagles around the track. Uh, Ionic Edge had a big tent there. Coyote had a big gathering uh, yeah. right there next to the grid. You have MGM. They had their compound out there on the grass. And, and of course, Nitro Cart, uh, that's, uh, you know, it's been very popular in the, uh, in the cadet categories here on the East coast. Good to see Nitro Kart there. And as you said, the actual importers were there, David, for, for PSL karting we talked about, and you were running with CRG Nordam as well. So through LSR Motorsports. So yeah, there was a couple of the big importers were there, a lot of different brands. It was just a really awesome cross section, every grid, right? There was just so many different carts running up front. Yeah. And I think that's something that some of these, uh, importers can look at, uh, you know, they talk about all the time about not having time to uh, to spend at clubs and, and and the grassroots level. This is kind of the perfect event to do that. Uh, you know, he, talking with you and Jeffrey, I mean, he I think he had more fun this weekend that on that weekend than he has all year long because it just well, so like a trash talk me the whole well weekend. that that was part of it because we were kicking your ass most of the weekend anyways too. So <laughs> that's true. but that's just true. you know it had you know there wasn't there were there's it's not a lot of stress, you know, you you know what you gotta do. The it's it 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 just has that great feel to it, like we we, we continue to talk about and it just had that yeah. 
that, you know, no stress type atmosphere. There's no points on the line. It's just, it's just a common race. And I think this is a great opportunity for some of these importers to, to break into the, the Briggs and Stratton and market, because as we, we see now it's, it continues to grow. We've been talking about it for the last seven years. This is, this is where you need to be selling chassis. This is where you need to be selling some used race team chassis that you've been using all year long. You know, there should be no reason why you can't sell all your 2019 chassis down to Briggs, Briggs racers for the 2020 season. And, and so, uh, you know, it'll be really cool to see what happens as this event evolves because it's kind of put in that spot where there's not a lot going on. So there's an opportunity there for just not only teams, but the importers to come and support this event and, and to probably hopefully expand their, their market share. You know, David, you mentioned the word feel, talking about you and Jeffrey and just the feel of the event. The cool thing about it was even though there was almost 300 entries there, it still had that kind of grassroots, like super cool, badass club feel to it. You know what I mean? It wasn't there. Yeah, there were some tuners there, but there was a ton of father, son, father, daughter. The moms are in there working. The whole family's working on carts. It just had that great grassroots feel to it still you know as we said a lot of 10 by 10 10 by 20 easy ups none of the big trailers it was really it still was grassroots racing yeah that's that's kind of the deal where it's it's more focused there's uh on on chassis and driver and so yeah you might have some people that are trying to get that extra 10th uh but you know in all reality it's just it's it's just being the being consistent as we both know uh, from the weekend, if we weren't consistent, we weren't fast. So, um, yeah, so it, no, overall it just, you know, you have, you know, you have the fathers and sons, the whole family are, are, are there supporting, uh, whoever's driving and, and it's just, yeah, it's again, it had that runoffs feel because it just, there's, there's not a lot of pressure. We're having fun. Um, you know, we want to do good, but, uh, you know, after all, it's just, it's, it's a great event to be part of couple things just to cap off this section here, this uh, this paddock pass section brought to you by Margay. Uh, I love the, the kind of the smiles on the faces of the guys from Briggs and Stratton. Dave, Dave Klaus and the crew were there. You know, they had the, the staff there. They were just loving watching what was going on. They were mingling with all the drivers, all the teams, and, and, and talking product. And, and, you know, my engine came right out of the box. And uh, the, the guy that actually built it, is the guy that actually helped me help dial me in. You know what I mean? That I thought that was just absolutely cool that, that they came there and I got my, uh, I got my, uh, what do you call it? my, my, my valves done, right? My, my valves done. Len Benning from Briggs was there. Make, make sure after I ran it a couple of sessions, reset the valve lash and everything. Uh, they were just having a great time just walking around, seeing all these Briggs engines, you know, it's just, that was for me exciting. And then of course, uh, Brad Zoller and the crew from 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 TS Racing as well, having them there, I thought that was really cool. That they, of course, supplying everybody with the Vega tires. Rain was kind of an issue. How many rain tires were, were people going to find? Some guys didn't actually run in the rain, but otherwise, I just cool to see the smile on those guys' faces because obviously a big program that they've been supporting through both the Cup Carts North America Champions Cup and now the Grand Nationals. So to have this thing get to where it is, the 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 twinkle in Dave Klaus's eye was pretty cool. Yeah, I was really happy with, uh, of course, we're happy with the Briggs package. We we have been for a very long time. Uh, yeah, it was it was fun to kind of chat with them Sunday evening as as we were winding down and 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 they were just they were just coming down from the big high that was the weekend. Uh, so it was good to chat with them. But the, yeah, the, it was our first time using uh, the Vega tires uh, yeah. that I could recall. I don't think I ever had been on a Vega tire. Um, so this was uh, my first outing. 
and was really impressed with the way they were uh during practice we were able to put on some new tires and boom the thing came right to life after using somewhat five weekend old tires um right, but uh right. but it was really consistent once you had the new set on it was pretty consistent not a lot of drop off and uh uh just you know different chassis things we were trying might not have liked the tires might not have liked and and so it was all still a learning curve for us because i'd never driven them and and so i'd never driven the chassis as well so it was all it was all learning as we were going on so i i'm pretty sure um, with the new homologation, we're going to have a, a similar tire, uh, coming into 2020, but, uh, I'll be excited to, to drive them again next year. Last little bit, just to cap off kind of our experience too. Uh, I want to thank everybody for coming out to my burger smash party on, uh, on Friday night. Uh, obviously I was busy driving all day long, finally kind of wrapped everything up and left everything in the trailer and went over and, you know, you and I and, and Alicia went to work on getting things set up. I think we smashed and, and served. Uh, somewhere over 150 burgers. I think you and I had one at the very end, so probably 152 or 153. Uh, just waiting to get the final sponsorship money in, but I think we're going to come in right around the $4,000 mark of money raised for the Riley Children's Hospital, Riley Children's Foundation. So uh, that makes me super happy. It was a great night. A lot of good feedback from people. Who doesn't like burgers, right? And uh, we were knocking them out, Dave. I appreciate your help and Alicia's, but it was that was a fun part of Friday for me. It was great. Well, just like anything you do for the first time, you got you got some highs and you have some lows. So we understand <laughs> now what we need to do for next year or the next time we do do this, uh, which includes a, a bigger grill and maybe a, another cooker. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. Well, I, I'm yeah, listen. I, I got my eye on somebody. We'll we'll get this thing dialed in. I got I got my eye on somebody to come and give us a hand. Somebody who knows burgers. We know it's not me. I don't do. I don't. No, do no. We're also just not going to mess around with with custom orders. It's a fried onion Mm-mm. cheeseburger. That's what you're getting. I think I think you have. We have to just put it on the yeah, ticket. That's it. It's all. It is what it is. Now and I'm talking about Ryan Pickering, of course. I'll have to get Ryan. Ryan's works for. Uh, St. Elmo's, St. Elmo's Steakhouse, Harry and Izzy's Burger Study. This guy knows his burgers, and I think he's. I think I gotta. I gotta draft him into Smash with me. We need. We'll need another Blackstone, but we had a lot of fun. It was a good time. Or or three or, or three four. or four. Yeah, <laughs> it was a long line. I mean, a long line. I mean, there. Yeah, I mean, you just keep going down the line. It's like an assembly line. You you drop it, you smash it, you cook, yeah, you just go. keep going there down. All right, fun. I think I think fun. you can handle probably at least thirty at a time. Well, I don't know. Listen, you know what? I would rather have a good time. I, 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 I thought we were going to be able to talk with some people. It was a well, whirlwind. That was the problem. It was it was a line that was like 25, 30 people oh, deep. Man, it was a whirlwind. Oh. It, we'll people figure it out. Hungry. We'll dial it in for next year and, and we'll make it even better. And we, we just I want to thank everybody because we raised essentially four grand for uh, the Riley, uh, Riley kids, which is I think that's fantastic. That's awesome. All right, folks, let's uh, let's jump into the race report. After this break, we're going to jump in and start talking. We'll, we'll kick things off with CIK Medium, CIK Heavy, and CIK Master. Stay with us. More to come. Episode 58 of the EKN Debrief. Are you looking for a new card shop? One that treats you like you're an important customer? If so, look no further than Acceleration Car Racing. At Acceleration, customer service is number one. We are a full-time karting business, not a hobby or an afterthought. We have all the products you're looking for, from kit carts to shifters, safety to speed. We strive to offer our customers the best products, prices, and service. At Acceleration Kart Racing, we're always here when you need something for your racing program. 
Located in Las Vegas, Acceleration is stocked with a wide range of products. We've been helping racers get the right parts for over 16 years. Acceleration has everything that a kart racer needs, from turnkey carts to safety equipment, engines and more, stocking all of the leading kart racing brands. Here's a taste of the products that we carry every day. CRG, Tony Kart, Bennett, Rotax, Honda, IAMI, MG Tires, Vinco, Bridgestone, Mojo, Alpine Stars, Sparco, Ribtech, and EVS, Tiller, Micron, Alfano, Bell, Arai, Zamp, KG, Sniper, Sweet Tech, and KNN. It doesn't matter where you live in the country, we will get you what you need so you can get back on the track. Acceleration has a sufficient supply of products to ensure that your order can be shipped the very same day. Our knowledgeable staff is available to help customers six days a week, and ordering online is open 24 hours a day at shop8kart.com. For visitors and locals in the Las Vegas area, Acceleration is a large showroom full of the best kart racing products available. Come on in and check it out. To find out more about what Acceleration has to offer, visit shop8kart.com. Again, shop8kart.com. And make sure to sign up to be on our mailing list to receive the latest updates and promotions that we send throughout the season. Again, we're a one-stop shop. Shopakr.com. Hey everyone, this is Chris Wheeler from Bell Helmets. Bell Racing USA is now the official helmet of Supercarts USA. You can find our newest line of products such as the Carbon KC7 CMR the only carbon fiber belt helmet approved with a CMR rating in the entire world during the 2019 season by visiting PSL Karting on-site at all SCUSA events. Check us out online, www.bellracing.com or on social media by following at HQ. Hi, EKN listeners. This is Jeff Wessel from Streeter Superstands. When it comes to lifts and stands for your carts and the largest selection of shop and trailer accessories, we know all about building and giving you the best. The Streeter Superstands crew has over 30 years of experience, are cart racers just like you, and know that the Streeter name stands for durability, affordability, and most of all, quality. We're the original and genuine manufacturer of Bigfoots and Stacker Stands, and we build them right here in the USA, along with our best-selling Streeter Superlift, upright stands, and an ever-growing roster of shop and trailer accessories to outfit any trailer or garage. While some guys pretend to be number one, we prove it every day, every race. Racers demand the best, and Streeter Superstand builds it. Check us out at StreeterSuperstands.com. When it comes to the best in lifts, stands, shop and trailer accessories, and all the cool necessities to make your race day easy and organized, it's all at StreeterSuperstands.com. We innovate, not imitate. Roll with the best right now at StreeterSuperstands.com. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole, as always. Uh, Time to get rolling here on the race report. we got some categories to go through. The race report presented today by J3 Competition and CompCart. Since 2005, J3 Competition has been capturing major victories and championships on and off the racetrack, redefining the industry with each move. The company took its unparalleled knowledge and brand recognition and developed its own chassis line, the CompCart. The CIK FIA homologated brand has been winning ever since. Visit J3Competition.com for more on the fastest growing chassis line in the world. All right, David, into the race report. 
Um, CIK Medium, 71 entries. Uh, that's just absolutely badass. As, as I said, my morning coffee that we put on the website on Tuesday, earlier, actually earlier today, that it reminded me back in the days of the Scusa Super Nationals when we first kind of launched the Super Nats. And at one point, you know, the S2 class was up around 80, 85 drivers, 90 drivers. We had A, B, C, D, E groups, I think, at one point. It just – everybody came out to play because that's what we wanted to see, and we had the best four-cycle drivers in the country, which is awesome. And not not only the country, but we had uh, North Americans <laughs> because you got to yeah. remember, uh, we had a lot of Canadians come down, including yourself. So, uh, yeah. It, uh, yeah, 71 carts. I mean, not exactly that many started the main event, but uh, 71 to uh, to be competing throughout the weekend. And we're not talking a big drop off from from top to the bottom. I mean, it is a drop off. But when you get 71 carts, it's it, it's just amazing to watch and, and see. And uh, the battle and the main event were, was just phenomenal. Well, Jordan Pryor qualifying on the pole position of 112.966. You look at the kind of cross-section of drivers, too. Jordan Pryor from Canada. Then Corey, Corey Tolson from Florida, I believe, right? Correct. Um, Mason Piper. I'm not sure where Mason's. Where's Mason uh, from? Do you know? Top of your Michigan head? Michigan City, Indiana. Well, there you go. Uh, on an eagle, those, Both those drivers on Eagles. Garrett Adams, of course, local driver. His first senior race uh, in the 206 for the, the program on an eagle as well. And then David Vasquez coming in from California on the VLR. That's that great cross-section, right? Canada, Florida. You got Indiana. You've got uh, California. That's what I'm talking about. That's, that's the beauty of this event. Guys coming in from everywhere, and hopefully we'll have more and more. Dave, talk us through a little bit about the heat races because, again – a versus B, C versus D. There was a bunch of different heat races, six different heat races, and a bunch of different winners as well. Yeah, with the large field, we had to uh, they split them up uh, for the heat race format. So a total of six heat races. Uh, and the one person we didn't say in the top five after qualifying yeah. was defending winner Gary Lawson. Uh, Gary actually, I believe, was sixth in the lineup after qualifying and uh, quickly put his his name back up to the front, uh, winning two of the heat races along with uh, Jordan Pryor winning two of his own. Garrett Adams and Corey Tolles were able to score the other two victories throughout the uh, the six heat races. The last two heat races, the heat, heat three round, was actually in the wet sat- Sunday morning. Uh, we saw Jordan Pryor win the first one, and then the second one, I think, was in a torrential downpour <laughs> uh, with Gary Lawson able to win that one. So, uh, so even in the dry and the wet, both Gary Lawson and Jordan Pryor, I think, were probably the top two guys uh, going into the main event. David, I'll let you do the recap of the main event. I'm only going to add two things right now because, of course, I'm announcing the race from up in the tower. The first thing was I almost felt like I was holding my breath through turn number one and two at the start of the final, right? It's just... And kudos to the guys up front, two wide, almost three wide coming through the corner. You know, guys just, it's flat out. Guys are holding their spots. And then later in the race, when they came down to the fight at the very end, when I think they were three wide, potentially almost four wide going into turn uh, number six and seven, the double right-hander before they got over to the cell tower corner. It was, because it, it all of us, because they're so far away from us, you knew they were two wide. And then all of a sudden, I think Lawson went to the bottom. <laughs> And just everybody held their breath again because all of a sudden you can't see anybody anymore because they're both lined up. Everybody was lined up. It was just it was just one of those great four-cycle races that went back and forth, constant new leaders. Just so much fun to watch. Well, this, the start, I think you got you to gotta, um, think about it. Grassroots racers are there to finish the race. They're not there to win it in the first lap. So I think that that had a lot to do with guys just trying to get through the opening corner 
and then start knifing their way through the field. And I think that that is uh, part of the reason why we saw no issues uh, through the opening corners is guys just guys knew they just had to get through that. Uh, but the, but really the race throughout the throughout the uh, 14 laps was just really anybody's to, to win. Um, Gary seemed to be the guy that wanted to lead, but, uh, you had guys like Corey tolls and Alexander Kardashian that were really trying to be the leader. Uh, they, they each tried to get, they each got around Lawson at certain points, uh, throughout the race. And a key point in the race, uh, was Lawson able, as you said, when you think it was like three to four drivers wide, uh, Lawson was able to work past both Kardashian and tolls. Uh, through that double right-hander and then going through the uh, cell tower corner. Uh, thankfully, with uh, Cup Carts North America working with uh, the Indiana Sports Network, I believe is who it was that uh, did the uh, the live feed, uh, we're able to go back and, and kind of watch how this race really unfolded because, as you said, it was hard to tell from uh, from where you were uh, announcing the races from. Yeah, our vantage point, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so we were able to go back. So so Lawson was able to get through both of those guys uh, and then lead, coming up to the white flag. And then it was Jordan Pryor who got through, who came, who followed him through and, and was a lead challenger at that point. Uh, so as they came through for the final lap, he made his move at turn five. Uh, Vasquez went through with him and was fighting with Lawson for, for second that allowed prior to basically get away in the, uh, in the final corners to cruise off to, uh, the victory. I know in talking to, to, to Vasquez, uh, he said it was probably the most intense race he's ever been in, which I think speaks volumes for the, the series itself, the race itself and the drivers out there, because they just were pushing so hard to be able to have him say something like that. Uh, you know, David, obviously a, a top driver put on a great show last year coming from deep in, I think dead last actually up to fourth or fifth, I'm told. As, mm-hmm. I, as I recall. Um, but the bottom line is, David, the, just the last couple of laps were, were some of the best. We've, it's, and we've seen races like, you know, 20 years of racing. That was just so much fun to watch those last couple of laps. You didn't know who was going to win it. Well, because as they were fighting with two to go, it kind of brought, there was a second group. That That's true. Joined. That's right. Yeah. And so basically it was 11, probably 11 carts that made up the lead pack. <laughs> uh, so in the end, Pryor does get the victory. Uh, Vasquez, David Vasquez ends up in second, Gary lost in third. And that next group you talked about, I think was Jonathan Treadwell and Curtis Fox, right? It was a couple of the, the prime power team Burrell guys that were working their way forward. Yeah. They were, yeah. There were a couple of those guys that were at the back of the, of the lead group and were able to make their way through. And it was, uh, a, was, was did we have a last lap spin. Didn't Kardashian go around? Uh, Kardashian yeah. was one of them in the Monza. He got, somebody got inside of him and kind of, I think tolls, I think tolls got shuffled uh, off that. over in the uh, cell tower corner when they were trying oh. to go three. Well, that, was the, that was the thing with, with, uh, when Lawson went by him, tolls didn't, didn't give him basically tried to hold the outside and it didn't work because even though Lawson gave him enough room, he still kind of dropped a couple wheels off and then basically had lost yeah. his race there. But, you know, it's just kind of the, one of those moments where it was racing situation where tolls just didn't, didn't give enough, enough space or didn't, didn't, didn't want to, didn't try to fall back behind Lawson quick. Yeah, enough. A split second like that, you, you make the decision you want to make. You think you can hold the outside, you try it. Obviously, it didn't work for him. But uh, con- congratulations to Jordan Pryor. Uh, a big victory for him. One of the drivers from, from Trevor Wickens' prime power team. Uh, big for big for Canadian drivers as well because, you know, Jordan's success is probably going to fuel the momentum of getting more drivers from Canada to come down next year to the event. 
uh, word of mouth back here in Canada is that it was a tremendous event. People are going to want to go race it. So look for a bunch more uh, to head down uh, again. Now, Jordan Pryor was quick in the CIK heavy class as well. David qualified on the pole. Uh, he and his teammate, John Treadwell, ends up P1 and P2. Uh, Owen Thomas, another one of the prime power team drivers in the third spot. Stephen McVoy in fourth. Canadians, one, two, three, four in CIK heavy. Ethan Dietrich on the uh, MGM ends up slotting into fifth. The Canadians came down. They were, they were, uh, they meant business. Let's put it that way. It made you proud. It, did. it was pretty good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not really, because here I am under the same 10 as them. I'm sucking hind tit and they're coming in one, two, three, four. Well, they, they know what they're doing, Rob. They've also, they also know. drive That's every okay. weekend. Let's be real. Exactly. Exactly. I'll, I'll cut myself but it ended up, But uh, by the time Heat 2 came around, it ended up being uh, USA it at was. the front there. Yeah. Well, with, come on. Sean Meyer's quick, you know, and on the Coyote. You know, he's been a top four cycle driver for how many years? Like, since. But it was, it was actually contact. Evan Stammer and uh, Pryor got together at the beginning of Heat 2. I don't remember that. Uh, so that. Oh, I, so, I was well, not, we weren't watching. We weren't watching you probably weren't watching. I wasn't watching. You were that. probably wrenching. I did a lot of wrenching. <laughs> I did a lot of wrenching. I did. So, uh, yeah. So, in the in Heat 2, uh, Pryor was out front with Stammer, and the two got together. Uh, so, that allowed Mayer to kind of take over from there uh, as he won the second heat and the third heat. So, essentially giving him the uh, the pole position for the main event. But contact for him in the main event uh, shuffled him down the order uh prior uh just after the halfway point which allowed another canadian curtis fox to move into the lead yeah that that was actually a really fun fun race to watch i, I remember that when meyer went out it, it, it happened so fast i didn't even see it happen it wasn't really until they came back around and I, you know that we, we reset on the on the timing and scoring that i realized he was gone um but the last couple of laps, Fox was at one point able to get out into a pretty good spot, right? And, and, and pull away a little, not pull away, but he had enough of a gap in the last lap that, that no one was really able to, to race with him at that point. He had some guys on his bumpers, but once he got to the lead, uh, held it on uh, for the remainder of the race to, uh, to score the big win and give Canada two wins for the, uh, the two senior categories. Yeah, Evan Stammer ended up finishing in second in that class. Really good run for Blake Korth as well. Jordan Bernlauer ended up in the fourth spot. And Pryor, as you said, uh, coming back to P5. Let's move to Masters. Um, it happened way in front of us, at least in front of me. You were a little bit closer. You could see the leaders a lot of the times. Although I did beat you to the end because I was able to finish the main event, which was strong on my side. Um, <laughs> another Canadian on the, on the pole. Jamie MacArthur on the K&K ends up qualifying on the pole. Uh, Stephen Kilsdonk, uh, of course, one of our, what, our July, is it July? It was July, right? A July driver of the month uh, in the MGM, qualifying second. Chris Klein on the Ionic Edge in third. Stephen McVoy, another one of the Canadians on the Ricardo in fourth. And uh, Eric Helling on the VLR qualifies P5. But the heat races were all Kilsdonk. Pretty impressive. Yeah, it was very similar to what we saw at the uh, battle yeah. at the Brickyard with Kilsdoink able to get away from everybody in, in both in all three heat races at the, uh, the Grand Nationals here. Uh, and so he was able to uh, earn the pole position for the main event. But as we pushed up onto the grid, there was Steven, but no cart. Yeah. Did you ever talk to him? I haven't really actually even talked to him about why he decided not to run. Did he just not have he did not. <laughs> He did not want, no, he didn't want to race in the rain. Um, And and that's the one thing that's, you know, it's still kind of that old school mentality that, uh, that, uh, 
you see a little bit here and there. There were guys even in the uh, in the senior open medium, senior open heavy that uh, if it was raining, they didn't go out on the racetrack. Yeah, I, well, I think, I think um, there was forty one in our class, David. And I think only twenty five started the main. Yeah, there were so so Stephen wasn't the only guy. Because definitely, I no, I know he wasn't, he wasn't the only guy. There was four guys in front of you <laughs> in the inside line who didn't start. <laughs> Thankfully, in our grid, there were four guys who did not start. I got to move up. I think I was ahead of you by like two rows, and I was supposed to start two rows behind yes, you. Yes, you were. So that, that, that certainly helped me. It also helped Nick Tucker, who uh, ended up becoming uh, the race winner. Yeah, a battle between he and Eli Yanko uh, for, the, for the race win. Eli's always been very, very strong in the wet, ended up winning the Canadian uh, Nationals this year finished second on the racetrack a technical dq to jamie MacArthur moved uh eli yanko to the win in the canadian nationals this time though yanko i, I know, was it was something in the carburetor i believe uh, yes. with eli uh, yeah. he ended up getting uh, excluded from the results that moves ken williams in the margay up to p2 adrian donkers another canadian in third matt skaggs on the ionic, ionic edge in fourth and MacArthur, who uh, obviously one of the top masters drivers uh, in canada uh, ends up p- finishing P5. Overall, uh, an interesting weekend for Tucker, for sure, because he was backwards and forwards, right? Well, yeah, he had the uh, the engine plug come loose and spraying oil all over the track in heat one. Uh, we had a great uh, smoke show behind him uh, <laughs> during that race, so he had to start uh, dead last in heat two and ended up actually just getting ahead of me at the end of heat two. So got halfway through the field there and then moved up even more in heat three. But as we said, he had to start, I believe, somewhere in round 17 or 15th for the main event. But again, with those guys not starting the main event, he was able to move up inside the top 10 right away and yeah. was into the lead by lap two. So uh, definitely was. And, it, and t- our race was in the in the rain. It was it rained quite a bit and then it kind of tapered off a little bit, I thought. Yeah, by by the time by the time lap three was completed, the rain had stopped, but the racetrack stayed wet. wet the entire yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. and then, so if, if, if essentially, uh, Tucker went to the front pretty quickly. He and Yanko run a one-two. As I said, an issue for Yanko with a, with a with a carb issue in tech, he ends up being being removed from the results. All in all, though, I think the Masters drivers did a pretty good job. It was a lot of fun racing with everybody. You know, you and I were pre- essentially the front half of the grid. Uh, for for majority of the weekend, I had I got roughed up a little bit a couple times and learned a bit from how I'll handle it next year. But otherwise, uh, otherwise overall for you and I, a pretty good weekend. Yeah, I enjoyed my time with uh, LSR Motorsports with uh, Marshall Martin and the uh, whole uh, chaos camp there, along with uh, you and Jeffrey. I had Austin Garrison give me a couple tips here and there. Um, working alongside Elliot Cox in the sportsman category. Uh, but, and then also, you know, it was really nice to have Trevor Wickens and the, uh, the prime team, yeah. uh, me to join you guys for a track walk. I, I didn't need too many pointers cause I had you pretty much beat throughout the weekend, <laughs> but it was, good to, it was good to hear what the fast guys were talking about because, you know, I could yeah. relate to them You couldn't, and we could kind of, I know, you. I know you couldn't, but that's why you were there, Dave. That's why they invited you. They were, they, I, you they know, saw, really, I just, they saw you struggling. I, it was, it was just coming out of that straightaway <laughs> that was killing me every time. And, and I got it through heat three. I don't know if I just told myself just just stop being stupid and and get through this corner or what, but because it didn't seem like I changed too much, but maybe just that little bit helped. And uh, but it was just still fun just to hear, you know, because it's not every 
race weekend, we get to go do track walks and, and, and hear yeah. what, what really, you know, are, is going on in, in some of the debriefs and stuff like that. So, uh, it was cool to do that. Well, you know, obviously you, you qualify me, uh, you struggled in the first heat race. It was fun to pass you coming onto the straightaway there. And that move It was a hard move to the inside, able to get by you. You saw first and foremost, me get shuffled off into the grass in heat race. Number two. Well, I have video proof of that too. Oh, yeah. God, I just, that was a bad, that was a rough it, deal. It is what just, it is. Just, what just wait for Christmas. <laughs> oh damn of course fantastic <laughs> heat race number three didn't go the way i wanted it to i made some mistakes there and i shouldn't have and it put me to the back i, I tried to get more aggressive trying to recover that didn't work for me at all uh but yeah you had good speed i i thought i had better speed by the end of the weekend i know that some of the times that we laid down were pretty solid i know that uh made a lot of we made a lot of adjustments to the chassis that i was on I, you know as it came we needed to make some adjustments to get it where it needed to be um I think we're already looking at a rematch for next year. You'll be back with Marshall, and I'll be back with – I think I'm probably on with Trevor Wickens at Prime Power Team next year. We'll be dialed in and ready to go, so we'll refire this, this battle. How's that sound? Team USA will conquer again. Well, you have to finish a race first, David, because that's not something you've been able to do. So, I, I Howden 2, Cole 0. No, I, I finished way. Indy. I finished Indy. You did finish Indy. I did. You did. Behind me. And Just like I know, I'm pretty sure I had faster lap than you did. At Indy. It never matters though, Dave. I just I never was matters. just shocked to find hey. myself eleventh after qualifying. You gotta give me because you know I, I suck at qualifying. Totally. You do suck at qualifying. And to come which I was very to yeah, come out yeah, of there, no. nobody to draft <laughs> with, no rabbit, and to lay down a P eleven in the slow group, even. Like there yeah, were guys were there the were guys group. in your group that I was quicker than, especially you, by at least three by flying, at least dude. three tenths. Yeah, I did. I went the wrong way totally on the setup, but it did, just did not. It didn't come alive at all. That was bad. I, I felt, and that, you know what? It's one of those ones I felt like I was fast. I'm like, I'm nailing this. This is this is great. No, nope. qualified right where I sent you right where I expected. So yeah, that was you know what? And again, it's all about just getting a feel for the chassis and knowing what's going on, right? We I, we made gear tons of gear changes. We I moved a lot of stuff around in that go kart. I felt I, let's put it this way: I worked harder on that cart than I have on a cart in a long time. So. I, yeah, I, I, we were just basically trying things, yeah. uh, because we weren't sure if it was me or the cart, because again, it, not being in the cart, it's, it's so hard to understand, um, what's going on. And, and so it was fun to kind of, you know, digest everything and, and to try different things. And then we ended up finding out something that we had no idea happened and, and we're like, oh, that worked sweet. And so it just, just kind of that uh, that type of mentality. We were basically we we're really working on was you know the geometry of the of the chassis, a little bit of tire pressure here and there, and mostly uh, you know track width too. So that was one of the things. Like later on, I I really started working more on on uh, on the uh, the tire pressure, and it kind of made the cart come alive a little more. But all in all, great weekend for you and I. We'll get back at it again next year for the fourth running of the Grand Nationals and CIK Masters. Looking forward to it for sure. Folks, stay with us. After this break, we're going to be back. We're going to jump into the uh, Senior Open Medium and Senior Open Heavy. Then we'll go Junior, Sportsman, and Kid Cart to wrap up this edition of The Debrief. Looking for that extra edge? Comet Racing Engines is your answer. The engine service program from Comet Cart Sales has been winning from coast to coast at all levels and different forms of the sport. Lead engine builders Mark Harrison and Gary Lawson have decades of karting experience providing racers the power to reach the top step of the podium. 
Comet Racing Engines continually perform track and dyno tests to provide their customers with the cutting edge in engine performance. Comet specializes in Yamaha KT100, IAMI Swift, IAMI X30, IAMI Leopard, and Rock engines. Trackside and customer support are the cornerstones of the Comet Racing Engines business, ensuring each and every customer receives personal attention and the help they need to achieve the best results. Engine rentals are available at all the events that Comet attends in 2018, including WKA, SCUSA, USPKS, and the Route 66 Sprint Series. Contact the Comet team today at CometCartsales.com or by calling 317-462-3413. If you're looking to step up your engine program, send it to Comet Racing Engines. Le Mans, Daytona, Sebring. The most legendary endurance races in the world where man and machine pushed the limits of physics in an attempt to beat their competition and the clock. Are you ready to take on this challenge yourself? Well, the SimCraft 24 Hours of Orlando Karting Event returns for 2020 with USAC Karting. Get out of the winter and into the Florida sun with a new date on February 1st and 2nd at the Orlando Kart Center. With the field already exploding after the 2019 event, there are less than 10 entry spots remaining. It's going to be an exciting event with factory and dealer-supported entries from DR Kart, CRG Kart, TV Kart, Praga, Margay, GP, Mac Minarelli, Tony Kart, and Cosmic. Don't miss your chance. To register a team, head to 24hrsoforlando.com to find the rules and the event schedule. Once you're ready, you can save your spot with a $600 deposit to hold your place in the largest 24-hour carning event in North America. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode 58 of the EKN Debrief. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole, and we are breaking down the most recent Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals, the third running of the event at Newcastle Motorsports Park on October 4th, 5th, and 6th. Comp Cart and J3 Competition, the sponsor of our race report segment. David, jump on in to Senior Open Medium. Uh, Senior Open Medium was uh, the quickest class of the weekend. Obviously, with the bodywork, it does help a little bit. They have the lower laydown seats that gets them out of the wind a little bit more. Uh, but uh, it was good to see uh, a good battle uh, throughout the weekend. <clears throat> Excuse me, in the category. Uh, Eric Fagan, a regular there at the uh, Newcastle Motorsports Park and Cup Carts North America, set the uh, fast time in qualifying, a 112.990. Uh, he was able to do that on the Ricardo chassis ahead of Colin Warren in the VLR, Ryan Cassidy in the Coyote, uh, Dylan Amundsen in the Ionic, Ionic Edge, and Brian Reddig in the FA cart. So a good uh, little diversity in chassis there. Uh, for qualifying uh, through the heat races, it was Warren winning two of them, the first and the third, while Fagan was able to win the second, setting up for uh, an interesting uh, main event because as the race started, uh, it was still rain tires were mandatory. Uh, so we had some drivers sit out, but uh, the sun was actually coming out of the clouds and everybody was on rain tires because the track was still wet and uh, was drying as the race progressed. 
Yeah, you know, I having wrapped up what I was doing. Of course, our race was first, and then I jumped up into the into the booth uh, to do the play by play. Dave McIntyre, of course, down on pit lane, was doing victory lane. He was doing all the all the pre race. So he and I were working back and forth. Yeah, watching this race unfold when I got up upstairs, Mark Steele absolutely walked away in this one. Like I want to, I don't even know the number. Was it fourteen seconds ahead or more? He absolutely smoked him in that race. He just took off. He ends up with the win. Brian Reddick comes home in second. Kardashian in third. Fagan in fourth. And Michael Miller rounding out the top five. Reddick came on late in the in the run to, to battle it out with Kardashian and Fagan. But the bottom line is Mark Steele and that Ricardo, whatever it was, the setup, his driving, whatever it was, blew everybody away. Dominated that action. Well, sure. He was basically two seconds a lot quicker than anybody on the racetrack. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, so ended up finishing 18 seconds ahead of everybody. There it is. Uh, Reddick, Reddick was the only driver that was anywhere near close, and he was about a second and a half off. So uh, I don't know. something about Mark Steele. Maybe, maybe he does ice racing. Because that's essentially what it was, because you could see in, in some of the photographs I took just the rubber shooting right off the uh, off the uh, tires because uh, the track kept drying and drying as a, as this as the race yeah. went on and on. So I think as you know, it's kind of that mentality when the track starts drying, those tires are just it becomes like ice. So maybe he's an ice racer. Well, he lives further south than you do. So relax. But he's in Canada. I figured all Canadians ice race, right? Like Todd well, McCall. You, you pretty much live in in, uh, in the UP anyways, so. Oh, yeah. I'm an Uber. <laughs> anyways, fantastic run for Mark Steele. Just absolutely dominated the action to get that victory. Uh, senior Open Heavy was a lot of fun to watch as well. You throw Connor Lund in there, uh, Justin Wishard, Grant Zimmerman, uh, uh, Elmer Edmondson, and Michael Welsh. That was your top five in qualifying. Lund gets a couple of heat race wins. Wishard gets one of those heat race wins as well. Third heat was one of the races in the rain, and that kind of that kind of messed things up, David, because not all the drivers came out for the third heat race. Yeah, I think they had five total make it out for uh, for the third heat race, but uh, Connor Lund again out front with that. But uh, set up for an interesting main event. Uh, we had basically it was uh, four drivers out uh, in the lead group. Uh, Connor led the first nine laps until uh, Zimmerman took over. Uh, Grant Zimmerman took over the lead. Uh, but in the meantime, Justin Wishard was uh, charging his way forward and was able to make a last lap move in the double right-handers uh, ahead of Zimmerman to uh, take the lead and then go on to score the victory. Yeah, that was a fun race to watch, wasn't it? They were on top of each other. And, and you could just feel, at least I could feel in trying to call the race, that they were all trying to understand the strategy. Where do I need to be? Like Trying to figure out how, where they could have been quicker than each, each of the other drivers. I just... It just felt to me like they were all kind of trying to be into second. And I don't I don't know if that it felt like they wanted to lead. Obviously, Wishard made the move in the last lap, but it just didn't seem like they everybody wanted to lead, I thought, in that race. I thought I found that interesting. I, I think Lund tried to lead and get away from everybody when but uh wasn't just just wasn't able to. And obviously the draft is a little bit bigger uh in this category with the big yeah. noses. You get you get much more of a draft uh coming off the cart. So so I think it's it's kind of hard to uh, to break away unless you're Mark Steele and you're just killing it in the in the dry track with wet tires. Uh, it's a little bit harder to get away. So uh, yeah, just second place. You know, as we typically see at Newcastle, is is a place you want to be. Well, Justin Wishart ends ends up with the win. Zimmerman second, Edmondson third, Lund fourth, and Welsh fifth. That's the top five in the senior open heavy category. 
David, three more categories left to go. Let's jump into the junior class. And again, you know, it was, it was good to see a strong field of juniors up 14 from last year, 43 junior drivers uh, entered to, to run in the event. Let's talk a little bit about who was quick coming out of the gate. A Carter Pryor was the quick time in qualifying with a 114.128. He was able to beat out a local driver. You might have heard of him, Logan Adams, <laughs> uh, in the Eagle Cart. Uh, Logan was the, actually the sportsman winner last year, uh, so was racing in the junior category for the first time. Um, Louis, I don't know how you say his last and, name. Uh, Antonio Santi. There you go. Uh, there you driving go. on the Eagle as well. I believe he's a Newcastle regular. Uh, Elijah Skaggs, the uh, Cup Carts uh, Series champion uh, in the Ionic, Ionic Edge, was fourth, and Nicholas Gilk. Gilks. Just Gilks. Gilks, yep. Uh, fifth in the Burrell Arts. Uh, it was Skaggs winning the opening heat race. This was a category we saw a lot of shuffling going on. Skaggs was the winner in the opening heat race. Uh, Caden Fretwell in the VLR came up to win the second heat with Gilks winning the third heat. The third heat was obviously in the rain because they were the category uh, just before the uh, CIK medium class. So it was... Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of carts uh, in those last uh, few classes of the day. Talk a bit about the main event because it was kind of inter- interesting, Dave. It was one of those ones where they were on dry tires, but the rain hadn't really gone away. So there was kind of some sprinkling, made things a little bit interesting early on. Yeah, it was like there was like one little cloud that kind of came over the area <laughs> when they when they were on grid and uh, and as, as a green flag wave. So it kind of made for a little bit of a, a chaotic opening couple of laps where we saw a number of the uh, top contenders either get spun off or drop wheels. Uh, so that kind of shuffled things up a little bit. Uh, and when finally they came came around, uh, basically, uh, there, I want to say it was three or four drivers in the lead group. Uh, but um, this race is technically still unofficial. Uh, we have not received the official results, but the unofficial results have Garrett Adams winning the race. With Gilks in second, James Overbeek up to third, ahead of Cameron Reed with Violet Townsend uh, of Ravana, Michigan, from where I know. And her brain, yeah, uh, she go. ended up finishing in the fifth spot. So, uh, th- yeah, as, as far as we know, I have not received the official wording on if this class results are official or not. My lap still hasn't shown it, so we're still kind of waiting uh, to hear how they uh, the rule on it because they had some some protests and some appeals to come through uh, regarding some penalties and and so made for an interesting uh, last few hours uh, as, as the officials are trying to leave. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, let's move into the sportsman category. Uh, Kay Jagger in the nitro cart qualifying on the pole in sportsman, a 114.498. Uh, Arrington Grimm and the nitro ends up in second. So a pretty solid run for nitro. They actually end up with four, uh, three drivers in the top five. Uh, Kale Zimmerman on the Tony cart third, Blake Boone on the Coyote in fourth, and Caleb Tarter on the nitro cart also in the third spot. Good run for for your, uh, for uh, Cade Jagger, though, on the pole. But, uh, Dave, let's talk about the heat races because there was only one guy up front in the heat races every time the checker flag flew. Yeah, Blake Boone was able to uh, showcase himself through the heat races, uh, winning the first one. And then, of course, once you win the opening heat race, you start from the pole and was able to win uh, the remaining two heat races and started on the main event. Their main event uh, was right after ours, so it was a, it was a wet track, all drivers out on rain tires. Um, and, again, 
when you got 40 carts going into the opening corner in a wet track, you kind of see some things happen. And it's just, you know, some drivers inexperienced, some drivers just make mistakes. So uh, we had a number of drivers spinning in the opening corner. And then I want to say turn three and then some other places on the, on the racetrack. Yeah. Uh, but by the time um, everything came around, lap two, Boone was one of them who was uh, who had an issue with the wet track and was spun around. Uh, that gave the lead over to Ayrton Grimm. And Grimm just kind of checked out away from there, driving away. I will, I'll have to look and see what the advantage was, but it was massive uh, because he was lapping carts like crazy. So it was kind of like who's who, who's where. Uh, it was 11 seconds at the checkered flag with Grimm taking the victory. Pretty good run for Elliot Cox as well on that CRG. Started outside the top 15, but powered his way forward. Just able to get by Jackson Pearsall from Canada uh, at the checkered flag. Uh, Caleb Campbell come up, came up to finish in the four spot. Caleb's actually from the same hometown as me here in Cambridge, Ontario. Uh, Ashton Henkel on the Burrell Art as well, rounding out the top five. Number of Burrell Art drivers in that, that, that top five, third, fourth, and fifth, good run for Caleb Campbell, as we said. Like Elliot Cox, starting on the outside of the top 15, ends up getting into the top five. Great run, though, for Ayrton Grimm as he's able to score the victories. Uh, that's a pretty good cross-section for Ayrton, right? He wins at the Scusa uh, Summer Nationals, <laughs> and he also wins at the Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals. I thought that's a that's a pretty good cross-section of a kid that'll just drive anything he's allowed to, right? Yeah, I think he's won, he won at WKA, USPKS. Scusa and Cup Carts North America probably has a Route 66 win in there somewhere. Probably some Newcastle (laughs) club race in there. So uh, very good season for Grimm. Uh, Let's cap things off with the race report brought to you again by J3 Competition and Comp Cart. Uh, Kid Carts were uh, were one of the categories coming on and they ran a, a shorter racetrack. They didn't run the full track. We kind of shortcut them from turn three back over to the scoreboard. Then they did the remainder of the racetrack. Uh, Alex Hayes qualified on pole, Sawyer Chambers in second, Audrina Rowe in third, Lillian Scarborough in fourth, and Summit Rossiter rounding out the top five. Sawyer Chambers able to win uh, the first two heat races, but they actually canceled the third heat race, Dave, with the with the wet. And I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if everybody was thrilled about that. Uh, not probably not, but uh, <laughs> I think on on the safety side of things, they decided not to uh, to put the kid carts out there on the wet. Um, this is the first time I actually got to see kid carts with the Briggs uh, engine platform. And we were talking about how we talked with the Briggs guys Sunday after all the racing. And I said, are the kid carts engine supposed to be on the rev limiter the entire time? <laughs> Just because when you go, I don't, you don't, I don't think you got a chance to go out up near the racetrack while, while they no, were I on called, track. I called it from upstairs. So I called it from upstairs. You're just out there and you hear all the way around the racetrack. And it's just hilarious. Well, the racing itself in the main event was pretty solid. Sawyer Chambers actually was able to get the victory. Uh, Rocco, Rocco Simone ends up finishing second. And that's kind of a, a weird thing one for me because I, I covered Rocco's dad, Anthony Simone, when he was a cadet and junior carter up here in Ontario. And now I'm covering his son uh, in kid carts. It's uh, It kind of brings me back full circle to my early days in the 90s. Uh, one of the great runs we saw, though, she just didn't give up the entire race. That was Audrina Rowe, Dave. She ended up coming home to third. Uh, it was Alex Hayes finishing in the four spot and Jay Boone in fifth. They, they, there was a bunch of spins here and there because the, the track was still a bit greasy, but uh, it was impressive. I, I thought the drivers did a great job, and, and Adrena Rowe was really impressive working her way back up to third. 
Yeah, it was one of the first races of a full dry track. But uh, when we say dry, it's still green. That's so uh, not a lot of rubber down. But again, at our kid carters, they were hammering away. And <laughs> and uh, with Chambers' victory, it actually gave uh, Nitro Kart three wins. That's so it. we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Yeah, folks, in fact, we'll do that. We'll go to our final break of this podcast here on the EKN Radio Network. When David and I come back, we'll do a little wrap-up. We'll talk about the Constructors' Championship, you know, which uh, – uh, which brands they were able to score victories. And then we'll have a quick look at the EKN Trackside Live race calendar. Only a couple races still on the docket here for 2019, but then we'll kind of touch on where we're going to be in January and February as well. Stick with us. We'll wrap things up here on the EKN Radio Network. From coast to coast, IAMI has become the two-cycle engine of choice for American karting. Starting with the air-cooled 60cc Swift engine for micro and mini drivers and moving through the incredible X30 power plant for junior, senior, and masters, Miami is providing much-needed stability for the sport. In 2018, the new KA100 Rejet engine took the karting community by storm, and it will be a core class on the Scusa Winter Series and Pro Tour, as well as the United States Pro Kart Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup programs. Watch for more regions, series, and events to get on board with this new IME formula. This year, IME USA is debuting the new SSE 175cc shifter engine, which will be the foundation of Supercar's USA gearbox competition for the future. The engine has been custom designed with a balanced equation of performance and reliability. We have two distribution centers in the U.S. to serve you well. IAMI East in Mooresville, North Carolina, and IAMI West in Temecula, California. The momentum is continuing to build. It's time to make an investment in stabilizing your engine program. For more information, head to the website for your region, IAMIUSAEast.com or IAMIUSAWest.com. IAMI, the heart of Kirk. The shift is on to a new brand and a new way of thinking. The Croc promotion has taken American karting by storm and, simply put, we have the best kart on the market. We've won and continue to win national and regional races with a revolving door of drivers. Myers, Bedozo, French, Musgrave, and we're ready to dominate the rest of the 2019 season. We just want to win. That's it. Plain and simple. Our dynamic R&D program is more aggressive than any other manufacturer, and we're the only company focused on building the perfect chassis for American tracks, engines, and tires. Why race a cart made for Europeans? We're testing prototypes for American racing. We're breaking the mold. Croc Promotion is all about supporting dedicated and talented young drivers and winning races. That's Croc Promotion USA. That's Mad Old Nut Racing. We just want to win plain and simple. No BS. Let us spend our time and money developing the chassis so that you can win. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Time to wrap up episode 58 of the EKN Debrief. Myself, Rob Howden, and David Cole breaking down the Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals 3. Tremendous race, uh, gaining so much momentum. 90 more drivers than they had in 2018. Over 280 uh, entries logged for the Grand Nationals 3. Looking forward to another fantastic one, Grand Nationals 4 next year. Uh, we got to say they're going to break the 300 mark, potentially push it for 350. 
put it on your schedule, folks, because David and I will both tell you from our own experience that we had an absolutely fantastic time. All right, David, let's look at the Constructors' Championship breakdown. Who was able to walk away with race wins in terms of manufacturers? Well, as I said before, the commercial Nitro Kart ended up scoring three victories. Uh, Nick Tucker in the Masters category aboard the debut of the left-hand adult chassis, uh, something that's unique to the United States market. Not a lot of left-hander chassis uh, for the four-cycle market. But uh, Nick was able to score the victory there, along with uh, Ayrton Grimm in the left side cadet version. And then, uh, as we said, Sawyer Chambers in the kid cart division. Uh, Burrell Art was all Canada with uh, Pryor and Fox earning victories in their categories to give that chassis two wins. Uh, Then we have Eagle, Arrow and Ricciardo with one victory apiece. Overall, I'm going to say the event was a massive success. There weren't really any major issues. As as I had said earlier, as a driver, it just seemed, you know, we were always looking at the clock. What time is it? And we were right on time. You know, we're pushing our carts up. You know, we drop them down. You're sitting waiting. And then we were looking at the watch, right? It was was on time for a majority of the weekend. Did have a couple of red flags on Saturday that kind of delayed things a little bit. They were hardcore racing incidents, but there were a couple of red flags that came out on Saturday. Yeah, just, you know, when you have... I believe it was what 35 carts out for a heat race in CIK medium. Uh, when you get someone sideways at the front of the field at the, uh, in the opening corners, it kind of tends to a little bit of a chaotic start and just some drivers getting caught up in that. Uh, I don't believe any major injuries were suffered. Uh, maybe I, I believe one concussion and then, uh, other, some bumps and bruises. Yeah. Those drivers end up coming Uh, back on Sunday though, too. One, as far as I nine, know, I think. that's it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, just, yeah, you're going to have uh, any event. A lot of events have that, the, those type of hiccups. Thankfully it was at the end of the day on Saturday. So it didn't delay things, um, for, for the majority yep. of the, of the event. Um, but, uh, one of the cool things, and we mentioned it earlier, um, they had, uh, cup carts, North America had the, uh, Indiana sports network on hand, uh, doing a live stream. Uh, putting it up on Facebook, and now all the uh, video coverage is now available on their YouTube page. Yeah, that's really cool. And it's and for the Indiana Sports Network to come out, something they have, I don't think they've really covered before. They you know cover other sports, so I thought for the first opportunity of trying to cover karting and getting a feel for it, they did a great job. Uh, you just know that program is going to improve for next year, and I'm sure that they're going to want to have them back again. A lot of great, you know. Obviously, I'm covering the race. We had the I'm watching out the window. I've got live timing. Above me, I'm watching the actual coverage itself as well. It's a bit delayed on what I was covering, but I'm watching the, the comments. And there was a lot of people watching, a lot of people excited to watch too, which was kind of cool. If you're not able to make the trek, you don't want to miss it. There's a lot of families, a lot of, a lot of uh, other racers from around the country that were watching that event. Yeah, we even broadcasted our uh, the PA um, uh, audio throughout the weekend. We didn't really uh, focus on on doing our, our typical uh, ECAN live broadcast. We just kind of ran it and kind of left it off in the That's corner yeah. so we could go race. But we we had some really strong numbers uh, for the weekend. But when you're when you're looking at you know over 250 drivers, that's 250 families or all, all over North America that uh, are wondering what's going on. So uh, it definitely has uh, momentum to uh, to keep that going uh, with uh, all the different types of uh, coverage that uh, we can provide and that Cup Carts North America is going to bring. Uh, for the future. Yeah. Next year's event date already set October 2nd 
3rd and 4th, 2020. The goal, of course, to break the 300 entry mark. As we said earlier, you know, as we kind of cap things off before we jump into the race calendar, David, uh, we'll take this opportunity to offer congratulations to Greg Jasperson and Steve Vermeer, the two primary um, you know, managers of the Cup Carts North America program. As you and I both know, anything like this, there's a lot of people that are involved. You know, Mandy Jasperson, of course, was front and center, the whole tech staff. They brought in Rick Folks and a big crew to kind of run the race. Just kind of want to take the opportunity to give the kudos to Greg and Steve for putting the effort in, putting the time in. They The, the amount of time that they spend to put this race together, to get the sponsors, to put everything, to, you know, just to really get everything together. Uh, obviously, my personal kudos to them. I'm sure you would echo that those sentiments. I do. It's uh, being one of the uh, a former promoter. Uh, I know what it takes to do that. We see it with all the other different series, um, and there, there. I think you can easily say that that the way Greg and Steve uh, do their business with uh, the promotion and and the at track activities uh, puts them definitely at at or uh, near where everybody else is at around the country. Yeah, it just it, bottom line is it's a grassroots event. We talked about folks, everybody there's having a great time. Briggs two oh six racing, but the way they put this race on, this is this is an event that is going to become a cornerstone race, I believe, uh, for the next number of years. As long as they want to keep doing it, I think a lot of people are going to keep coming. That's for sure. So let's wrap things up here, folks. The EK and Trackside Live Race Calendar presented today by Precision Karting Technologies. With over 40 years of manufacturing experience, Precision Karting Technologies is the leader in American-made components. We produce high-quality products led by our full line of chromoly and mild steel axles. Metric or imperial, standard or custom, we have what you need. Collars, keys, and bearings were the source for axle components in the USA. With over 70 dealers throughout the U.S. and Canada, it's easy to choose PKT. Family-owned and operated, proudly made in the USA. All right, David Cole, let's talk about it. Uh, Ecan Trackside Live, racing to come. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, just locked and loaded. You're going to be actually heading out to the Rock the Rio uh, at the end of the month here. Like November, I guess it's like first, second, third for you. Friday, Saturday, come home Sunday. Uh, Halloween with the family at home first. But yeah, you're heading out to Rock the Rio at the Rio. It's going to be good. Yeah, if I could, I would go out there Tuesday, fly oh, I- home Thursday morning, and then fly <laughs> out there Friday. Uh, but that's just not uh, in in the uh, avenue of being a bit, being able to do that. It's so, not uh, financially sound. Financially David. sound, yes. Uh, I couldn't think of the words there. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think this is the first time in probably, what, 12, 12 11 years that, I ha- that I've gone to Vegas now for something other than super national. So it'll okay. be, uh, it'll be interesting. And, and, uh, you know, we just got, we just saw that the entry numbers are now above 300 mark. They've sold out for uh, rock senior rock shifter. And I believe junior rock is the other category and they're extending, uh, the entry marks. So they're going to start doing last chance qualifiers. So the event is, is just growing in only its second year. Uh, following that, November 20 to 24, the granddaddy of them all, the Supercarts USA Super Nationals, the 23rd running. It's, it's, it's odd to me to say that because I felt like I just said it was 20. And thinking 23 <laughs> now, we're so close to 25. It's, just, it's blowing me out of the water. But, yeah, I've, uh, I've had a chance to call all 22 of the previous races. Uh, it's going to be a massive event. Obviously, like looking anywhere between, what, 450 and 525 in terms of numbers. The, uh, the growth of the KA100 categories for the Supernats is going to be big. Those classes, I bet, are, are, are going to be maxed out. It's, it's the big dog. 
the Super Nationals is, and it's going to be this year is going to be a, a really good one, I think. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear uh, what they're going to do for track layout. We haven't yeah. heard anything confirmed on that. Uh, last year's track was a bit interesting. Uh, had some ba- plenty of passing opportunities really fast as well, too. Uh, so we'll see if they make any changes to that. They have the format changes with qualifying uh, with the three headline categories doing a hot pit at the end with, uh, I believe it was the top 20 in each category. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, and again, like you said, it's just the, the, the granddaddy of them all. We have some drivers going for their fourth victory to uh, see if they can etch their name into uh, the event history books with uh, Connor Felipe. And uh, yeah, I'm just uh, at that Marcy end of the year. And then all around the corner will be uh, 2020. Yeah, WK Cart Week. We haven't confirmed yet whether or not we're heading to that, but looking forward to potentially getting back to Daytona. And of course, January, February, March, it's the Scusa Winter Series. It's the Challenge of the Americas. And then we go at it all again. USPKS, uh, a number of races, number of events that we'll be at in 2020. We do want to thank everyone for supporting everything we've done here through 2019. Still a couple more debrief podcasts to come. Thank you so much, folks, for joining us here on the EKN Radio Network. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. 